What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Focused. I'm French the Bro Host, and we would like to welcome you to the Knicks Take Podcast. 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 And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you can find us at The Knicks Take. And lastly, on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. Now, last week, we had episode 27. And what did we say last week, French? Started off promising. And kind of, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. didn't really end off so positive with and I think the last game was against the Orlando Magic where we lost Yeah, and you go into the Orlando Magic game you're like alright we got the Orlando Magic we got the Houston Rockets that there should be two two wins and that is not the way that it went now I took a look just just a quick uh, quick brief kind of recap of the season so far leading into this week. I looked at the Knicks record and I looked at how many how many teams are above 500 and how many teams were above uh, were below 500. And the East is stacked. We talked about that last week, too. We talked about how stacked mm-hmm. the East was. When I last looked at the standings, all of the teams that were, let's say, they're in at least eligible for the play-ins were above 500. You know how many seasons we watched basketball in the Eastern Conference? You could get in when you, when you like, all right, you may not be at 500 or below 500, but mm-hmm. you can still get to the eight seed. We have 10 yeah, teams. That's the West now. We got 10 teams that are at or above 500. And I said, all right, well, let me look at the teams that are below 500. Cleveland Cavaliers, Toronto Raptors, Indiana Pacers. Detroit Pistons and the Orlando Magic. French, when I read that list off to you, did that did did you feel did something in your heart just kind of did, did you realize something when I re- listed those teams? We lost to all of them except for the Pistons, who we haven't played yet. Yeah, except for the Pistons, we haven't even played the Pistons. But every team that is currently below five hundred, we have a loss to. That is. Woo, that is a bad start to the season. It doesn't matter that the Knicks are above 500 or one of those teams that are currently in playoff contention. But playing down to the competition. So we come into this week. Thanksgiving coming up. Happy mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, everybody, by the way. Happy, Thanksgiving. happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope you guys all enjoyed your food. Hope you guys all enjoyed your meal. I, I got a little home cooking before I had to go to work. French, we got to talk about, <laughs> we got to talk about the family dinner that I missed. I believe, yeah. you, I believe you went over to Brooklyn. For two trips, two trips to, to get, to get two plates. Oh man, that food was delicious. Yeah. I, you didn't save me none either, did you? Anyway. Nah. <laughs> anyway, leading into the week. <laughs> Well, we got, we, our first game was against the Houston Rockets, November 15th. Go ahead, French. Talk talk about this game. Coming into this game, the Houston Rockets came in with a record of one in one, what, uh, see, messing up. One in one fourth. (laughs) That, that, that Thanksgiving cooking messing me, messing me up. I I ate too much. They came in with a record of one and 14 and a 13 game losing streak 
having not won a game since October 24th. Mm. And I feel like that's the only leading that we should need to understand what type of team we're going against. I agree. And immediately going into this game, it was evident that it was going to be a long night because, like I said earlier, the Knicks played down to the competition all season long, losing to all them below 500 teams. And this is the worst team in the NBA we're playing against. And immediately, Knicks get off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Started struggling offensively, defensively, for the most part, except for uh, Fournier. Only scoring 13 points in the first quarter as a team in the first co- in, in the first game was tied going into halftime. It was just a nasty night to watch the Knicks. You, if you told me coming into this game, all right, the Knicks just lost to the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play the worst team in the NBA. If you told me that they would struggle, struggle to keep a lead against the Houston Rockets and the game would be tied at halftime, I'd have been ready to throw away the whole season. That is how I was beside myself watching this game. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> that was just it. like I couldn't believe it I, I'm thinking like there's no way they're gonna lose to the Magic and then lose to Houston right before we gotta play this schedule that we gotta have to play mm-hmm. with all these elite teams every win is gonna have to count at this point but it, it, the bench even the bench didn't even come in with a spark like they normally do like this game was just an ugly game to watch for the most part mm-hmm the Rockets were aggressive to start the third, building up a lead. Nick starters were still looking a step slow. Mitchell Robinson left the game and didn't return due to concussion pro- protocol after getting elbowed in the face by Jay Sean Tate in the third quarter. And then uh, fourth quarter, still, <laughs> Rockets got an 89-84 lead. Knicks ended up finding some type of luck with Alec Burks, because he caught fire. Mm-hmm. Manuel quickly stepped up. They go on a 12-2 run, led by great team defense, tough shot making by Burks and quickly. And Redu had an off night, but he did a good job of finding the high hand and feeding them. But he looked like he had a great chemistry with Burks late in the fourth. And you keep talking about Alec Burks, he had a game-high 20 points and five rebounds off the bench. Fournier had 19 points. 5 for 10 from 3, but this was, like, by far the ugliest win of the season to me, personally. Burks was huge in the fourth. Randall had bad body language. He's not hitting tough shots. I know he just had a baby. That's probably what, what, why he, he he looking so dead on the court, right? You got to know about that more than me. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard people say that, but I don't know how often these, these NBA players... First of all, these NBA players... Just their regular workload is just exhausting. But I don't know how often these dudes is actually at home, like, especially when you got ready, got to get ready for the game. Like, is Julius Randle really going home every night and and tending to his children, you know, waking up in the middle of the night? Is he really doing that every single night? Who knows? Maybe I don't know if that's the case or not. I, I really don't. But if that is, then yeah, I would, that would explain a lot. It would explain a lot, I, but like I said, we don't, who really knows? I, what was I trying to look up? I was trying to look up the score for this game. I could tell you that. The score was 106-99. 99. 106-99 was the final score for this game. This is a Houston Rockets team. Yes, they came into this game kind of starting to play a little bit better. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I really I really don't have much to say as far as how bad we looked against the Houston Rockets, which is concerning. I've already explained that we have losses to the, all of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference that we've played. And I was hoping that the Knicks would start turning around this game, but they did it. 
They came out of this game looking really bad. It was a win. They say a win is a win. That was probably the worst win. Like, I, it might as well have been a loss to me because everything, you, everything that you would hope that this team would get right against a bad team, they did it. They just seemed like we are destined for, for to play bad. And then we move into two days later, the Knicks go into Chicago. Mitch, last game placed on concussion protocol, missed this game. Nerlens Noel had, comes back. He has to start. No Taj Gibson out with a groin injury. Chicago Bulls came into this game pretty hot. They, I, th I think they were on the street coming into this game. They were one of the top three teams, four teams in the East, battling it out with the with the Brooklyn Nets, battling it out with the Washington Wizards for the for that for that top seed. After watching that Rockets game, I came into this game with no confidence. Even before the Houston Rockets game, I, I, if, if you recall, I said the Knicks were going to lose this game. So when the Bulls come out. Be, because they look so bad against these bad teams, it's because they were saving the energy for the Bulls. I'm like, I hope, I hope that's what's happening. And then go ahead. Well, the Bulls came out pretty strong to start. Zach Levine seemed like he was on a mission. Remember, the Knicks beat this Bulls team, so the Bulls, they, they did have a, a reason to come in energized. They wanted to get that win back. And it looked like Zach Levine specifically was trying to start off, trying to put this team on his back. He didn't play mm -hmm. efficiently, but he came in, he, he, he was getting to the basket strong. He started off the game with a beautiful finish that he got fouled on that they didn't even call. And it was like, oh, I think this is going to be one of those, this is going to be another one of those nights. Now, unlike the Houston Rockets game, Julius Randle seemed to have a nice rhythm. Like, okay, yeah, Zach Levine started showing out. And Julius decided, all right, you know, I'm going to show off some of my tricks. I'm going to shoot three. I'm going to hit some mid-range. I'm going to get to the basket. Ball played through him. The Knicks offense seemed to flow nicely. He had a nice three, and he had a beautiful up and under before the end of the first quarter. Now, the bench comes in. And then, much like the last game, they didn't seem to come with the energy that they've had all season. Failed to cut into the Bulls' lead in the first half. Bulls kind of extended the lead while the bench was out there. The starters had to come back in, chip away at the score. Julius had a nice buzzer-beating buzzer beating, buzzer mid-range jumper to go into the half with some momentum for the Knicks. Cut the lead, I think, by six to six or four going into halftime. And what was looking like the Bulls were going to come in and smoke us, it ended up being, no, actually, the Knicks are right in there with, uh, with the Bulls. Most mm -hmm. encouraging part of this game, though, third quarter, most definitely. You know how we go into every game, third quarter, the Knicks come, starters come out slow, sluggish. The other teams, they start third getting momentum. Third quarter of doom. No, actually, we had the opposite of that in this game. We had the opposite of that. The starters came out with the same momentum that they finished the first half with. They extended that momentum, started chipping away at the Bulls' halftime lead. And then after some clutch score by Jules, they took the lead. Mm -hmm. Kemba also played well. Hit a couple shots in the third. Overall, he didn't play well. He had a, he didn't have a good great statistical night. But Kemba, he also was hitting the shots that we needed him to hit in that third quarter. RJ had a shot or two in that third quarter as well. Now, that's pretty much the highlight of the night for the Knicks because the Bulls, at the end of that third quarter, they they chipped away at the Knicks lead, and then we, the bench came in. And then it was the Kobe White show. <laughs> well, it was the corner three show because on both sides, it just seemed like the Knicks were going to just stop guarding corners and focus solely on the paint to stop Zach Levine from scoring, which I, it made no sense to me. Well, this Knicks defense is they want you. They don't want you to score in the paint, but they also don't want you to score from the corners. 
So they succeeded in one area because Zach Levine was killing us. Get into the paint, get into the rim. He was killing us throughout the night. So it was like, all right, we, we got to stop Zach. We got to stop them from getting into the paint, killing us. But they were stopping him from getting to the paint, but they were stopping him by, from getting to the paint by letting the corners, leaving the corners open and leaving Kobe White open, leaving Derek Jones Jr. open, leaving DeRozan. DeRozan. Well, he wasn't getting hit from the corners, but he, he was open. And Lonzo Ball. No, he hit from the corners too. He, well, he only had two threes in the night. Both in the corner. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, the Knicks just, I don't want to say that they played bad. The Bulls are just good. They force you to scramble. Like, I, when I was watching the def Knicks defense, it just looked like they were, scr they were scrambling. They were trying to get to where they were trying to get to. Yeah, Kemba Walker kind of recovered slowly at some times. At some point, some of the guys were recovering slowly. Even the bench, though, the bench has normally been playing good defense. Even they were recovering slowly, and the bench is really who lost this. Who lost this game? When the starters went to the when the starters came out of the game, and it was quickly in all of them. Even though quickly was playing really well in that in that second half, it. The bench just gave it up. The bench just gave up the lead. Bowles took the lead. They had the starters had to come back in. Sands, Sands, Kemba, Sands, Evan Fournier. But it was too little too late because Bulls already had their little momentum. Knicks couldn't cut into that lead. And that was all she wrote. They got as close as three. The Bulls just had to play keep away for the rest of the night. And they did. And that was the game. The... Knicks lose, and I have to pull up that score, 109 to 103 to the Chicago Bulls. And it, what really was an overall good night for the Knicks, I'm not, I wasn't mad about this loss. Like, this loss didn't, like, make me like, oh, we're back to square. Like, I enjoyed this game as a loss more than I enjoyed the Knicks win over the Houston Rockets. Julius Randle played as good a game as he could play, as we could ask him to play. He scored 34 points, 10 rebounds. Mm -hmm. He only had three assists, but because Barrett, Walker, and Fournier all, all combined for six for 28, I mean, you can understand why he only had three. Obi Toppin yeah. had himself a night, 10 points, including two for three from three, six boards. The only thing that I have to question is why he only played 13 minutes when you have no Mitch. That's the only question I have. Okay, Julius Randle was playing really good. Nerlens Noel wasn't playing the whole game. Why didn't we have more Julius and Obi playing together when they both seem to be shooting it pretty good for the night? DeMar DeRozan as French. We talked about him earlier. Team high, 31 points on 50% from the field, from the entire field. <laughs> yeah. Killed us from mid-range. He knocked down it both. like... The yeah. game plan they had for him last game, they they completely just ignored DeRose in this game, it felt like to me. Like, I, I don't know where he's going to score from. I don't think they ignored him. I think he just hit a lot of tough shots. They, he did. On he Randall. Hit, he hit tough shots on RJ, too. He, he he pulled up with hands in his face, and he was knocking shots down. Like it, it, There's some some nights with DeRozan that you're just going to have to you're just going to have to eat what he, what he gives you. <laughs> and that's kind of what kind of night it was for him. Kobe. I didn't feel like we got into him. I felt like it, it was a few yeah, plays. We didn't he get into some him. Tough we didn't make it. Like, we didn't make it tough for him, but I, we I, allowed him to get to all his spots. Yeah. He's he going to drop 31 on you every time when you do that. Absolutely. Because he's a specialist from the mid range. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't think that, I don't think like we were leaving him wide open. I think, I think that we did play him with a hand in his face, but DeMar DeRozan is a good player. Like, you can't, you have to play him like he can drop 31 because he can't, and he did. And he was their best player. Kobe White saved the game for the Bulls with, he knocked down all of his three-pointers in the fourth quarter and had a key assist to Derrick Jones Jr. that shifted the momentum. So that's 12 points that Kobe White is responsible for in the first half of the fourth quarter that swung that was, that was all part of that, or mostly part of that 10-0 run that the Bulls went on to start the fourth quarter. And I think it started at the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. That was mostly Kobe White and partially DeMar DeRozan 
that helped the, helped the Bulls get this win. Knicks probably win this game if Kobe does not get hot the way that he did in that fourth quarter. So my final thoughts on this game this is probably the most encouraging Knicks game of the year, even though it came with a loss. Knicks offense seemed to be falling good, even though guys weren't hitting shots. They didn't, the Knicks didn't look bad. The guys just weren't hitting shots. The Bulls played really well, but the Knicks were right there with them all the way up until the end of the game. And the Knicks starters were still mostly bad, but they played well, except for Fournier, when they needed to. Seemed like this was a turning point for the Knicks offense. How do you feel? It seemed like they just had a better chemistry and they were starting to understand like okay this is where you like to score this is where you like to score right. this is where i should give it to you mm -hmm. yeah and it just didn't look like they were completely there yet though because you still having droughts where you you can't score you can't defend mm -hmm. the, the play that you normally would defend perfectly it's like there's no consistency there there's still plays that guys are taking off. There's still plays that one guy is just not locked in. And I don't know what's going to have to happen. It seems like there's going to have to be some lineup changes, but I don't know. It's getting, it's, it's getting to the point where you can't keep using the excuse that it's too early. But we are seeing positive signs from Fournier, even though he this wasn't his greatest game, but I see Walker starting to find spots in the game where he can just score in bunches mm -hmm. and yeah i didn't really have many takeaways from the bulls game but they did play better than they did against houston but i was at the lakers game so i could talk to you more about that one <laughs> go ahead no i'm saying so i was at the game me and me and my girlfriend jaya we was at the game no i'm saying i got this nice little jersey when i went there <laughs> Cambridge. Kemba jersey. I still got faith in them. Okay. From the Bronx. I had to one time. Okay. So we at the game. We get there right, right, right at tip off. And um, there's no LeBron. Anthony Davis was a game time decision. Le LeBron got the one game suspension for elbowing Isaiah Stewart. And then after that, Isaiah Stewart just chased his ass around Detroit. <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see Maryland that live. I had moved. to I had to watch that clip today because I, I had heard about it and I had seen Isaiah Stewart like trying to chase him, but I didn't watch like mm -hmm. I didn't see like okay what caused it until today. And I was like, they suspended LeBron for that. That's his first suspension. That's his first ever suspension in his career, too. Well, you can't swipe your elbow and then hit someone in the face and not get suspended. It I was mean, an accident, it looked like, but... It looked like yeah, an he accident. he going to get suspended for that every time. Because you saw how he was gushing off of that one little move. It didn't look like much, but it, you see what it did to him. I mean, it was an accident at the end of the day. Like, I, I, I don't know if you could prove that he tried to do that. Like, even it didn't even look like LeBron was trying to be like, yo, my fault, you good? Like, right after he... After he hit him, he was like, oh, sh my bad, you nah, good? No, he was, he, nah, he was copping it after that. He was copping the fifth. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> he, he put his hand out to make it seem like a cool way, but he's like, yo, I'm really sorry. I, I really didn't mean to do that. But once you got the blood in your mouth, it's like, all right, I don't care what you're saying. Right. I'm about to break you up. Yep. But back, but back to the Knicks. Nerlens Noel, he started this game because Mitch was still out due to concussion protocol. We also lost Derrick Rose to having a sprained ankle. Taj Gibson still out. But being at this game and seeing how they just get up to such a hot start in the first quarter, the Knicks offense was flowing. Randall was looking like he was carrying over his hot shooting from Chicago. Campbell seems to be playing like a shooting guard kind of role next to Randall because Randall literally brings up the ball every single play. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I never noticed that on TV, but in, in at the game, I'm like, is he going to continuously just bring the ball up even though? He was doing that a lot high, last whatever. year. Yeah, but it seemed excessive this game. Mm. And yeah, we got up to the hot start, like I said. Built the 25-point lead in the first half. But being at the game, you just didn't feel like that was going to last because Randall held the ball a lot. It flowed a little bit in the first quarter for everybody. And then 
The bench came in. Obi had his energy up, carried the life to the offense also. And when it came back to the starters and Julius Randle was just getting the ball over and over every single play, even though he don't seem to be, his shot didn't seem to like stick around after that hot start. He started to miss shots, airball shots, mm -hmm. make bad decisions, to get turnovers. I'm just like, yo, is he? And then he bring the ball up the very next play. Like he's not going to pass it off. You're not going to try to get the other guys involved. I'm like, and the entire time he's doing that, the Lakers are scoring each mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Lead cut, 20, 15, 10. <laughs> <laughs> Halftime. Yep. Halftime is an 11-point lead. Third quarter starts. This is where Westbrook catches fire. 18 points in a quarter. It's almost as if he's listening to the last Knicks tape podcast where we was talking about him on the Wizards. <laughs> and I called him a bum-ass player. <laughs> and mommy was mad at me for that. And I'm just like, damn. He listened to that, come to the garden now. I'm at the garden with, with Jai. We watching the game, he's looking trying to have a good time. <laughs> and he just catches fire, hitting threes, shooting from the mid-range. I'm, I'm thinking that he was one of the worst mid-range shooters. He's leading the NBA from a specific part of the mid-range on the right side. I'm like, are you serious? And then when you play him close, he's getting easy layups. I'm just like, yo, bro, I really hope we're not about to lose to the Lakers. After being up 25 points. Right. So, you know what happened. Lakers come back in the third quarter and tie the game. And Randall starts to, he's making some shots, but they're not good shots. You're just wondering why he's shooting it. <laughs> the way he's shooting pull-ups against Anthony Davis. And it's a bad shot, but it's going in. Mm -hmm. Cool. Quickly comes in. Obi's back in the fourth quarter. He's playing a lot more minutes now that we don't have Mitch. And Obi's energy just seemed like it was just too much for the Lakers' older players to match. He's cutting, getting dunks, alley-oops. Like, they, it's, it's tough for them to stop him. Emmanuel quickly heats up from three in the fourth quarter. Evan Fournier caught fire. He had 26 points, six for nine from three. And Alec Burks... He was just Alec Burks. <laughs> He's just getting all his every all the, the 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 high energy clutch plays that you want to see from defenders on defense. He's providing that as well as hitting big threes. And I I was just happy to see the bench unit get some more time this game. What about you? I was happy about the overall play of the team. Up until they started giving up the lead. But the first thing I noticed was when the Knicks went up initially, it was because the starters were playing so well. And then the, unlike the last couple of games, the bench came in and they extended that and they kept it going. And to see that for three out of four quarters, it was really encouraging for me because normally it, it, was, it has been like the starters come in, stick it up, the bench will come in and save the game. And then if it's not that, the starters will play well, the bench will come in and they start giving away the lead or they'll, or the other team will start chipping away at the lead the way that it happened against the Bulls. This game was just like the whole team is in sync up until we weren't. But the Knicks kept that lead going. All, even after the Lakers tied it, the Knicks were like, nah, we're not going to lose this game. We're going to regain. We're going to regain control. We're going to do what we need to do. And we're going to put this game away. And they did. I, I was overall happy about everything from this game. Outside of, you know, the, the stretches where the Knicks didn't play so well to give up, like, like, you had a 25-point lead. Like, you should. <laughs> it should never be a game. That's, it should never be a game. Like, if you're good, it should never be a game after you get up to 25. Like, you just need you just need to keep them in double digits. And they did it. That's crazy. Yeah. That's the sentiment that I hear from most people that watch the game from home. Because it just feels like, am I bugging? At the game, it felt completely different. It was such a stressful game to sit through. Mm -hmm. 
such a stressful game because once the lead was set, we like, oh, they're not going to keep this lead. It was like other guys I'm listening to in the crowd. They Nobody's confident that we're keeping this lead. And watching the lead go down is like, yep. Uh-oh, Randall again. Yep. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we're going to stick with this. I always bring it up again. All right. Oh, okay. All right. But you, the, and then the thing is, to the point where you start screaming, pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, though, with this game is like, they played so well through Randall to get that lead, to get to, to have such a great start that it's like, okay, it makes sense that you would want to keep going to it. But ultimately, for this team, we don't want to play the way that we played last season. Even if that's how Julius, like, okay, maybe we need to do it to get Julius comfortable again. But ultimately, we need to move on to something that is more ball movement centric. Or you do it where, okay, on a couple of plays, Julius brings it up. On a couple of plays, Kemba brings it up. And you get both of them comfortable at the same time and let them play off of each other sometimes. But you can't always have Julius bring the ball up because that's not, that's how we lost in the playoffs last season. Even if you have him bring the ball up, it's going to be important for Kemba to get his shots too. It's going to be important for Evan Fournier to get his shots too. Like you have to have other people besides Randall playing well. And with Julius bringing the ball up and having the ball all the time, that's, I mean, it worked in this game, but you can't do that every game. So. We also didn't bring up, I, I'm, I just remembered what I wanted to bring up. Melo, Melo back in the garden. How was that? Oh, yeah, he got a standing ovation. Yeah, it was really loud. And then um, as soon as he was missing his shots, that's when I started cheering. Because I wasn't the biggest Melo fan. <laughs> oh. I, I, oh, you were standing really up like, oh, yeah, Melo, yeah, 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 yeah. I was Great. sitting down like... Look, this is how I was clapping, the back of my head. I'm like, yeah. Oh, man, but I'm glad. I'm glad we got a win. They had no LeBron. We, but we were, still, we were still pretty hurt with no Rose, no, no, no Mitch, no Taj. I, I would have understood if we lost this game, but with no LeBron, you just hoping that we take that win. And... No, we we shouldn't have been hoping, though. We're supposed to know we're supposed to take that win because the Lakers are not a good team. They did come into this game. Uh, they did come into this game. They were the ninth seed, just like the Knicks were, but they had a below 500 record, unlike the Knicks. So, right. yeah, you're absolutely right. They, this is not a team that the Knicks should lose to, especially without LeBron, considering how poorly they've played so far. But the game following this was <laughs> that was a bad that is not a bad team. That is a very good no. team in the Phoenix Suns. No. Yeah. Who come in yeah. on a 14, that's one four, ladies and gentlemen, 14 game winning streak. Good news for the Knicks. Mitchell Robinson back from concussion protocol. He must have passed all his tests in regards to his noggin. They said he could play. Taj, though. <laughs> Rose, though, still out. And Chris Paul doesn't play. I heard somebody say the other day, Chris Paul doesn't play good against Derrick Rose. We could have used him in this game. We did not have him in this game. Phoenix Suns were also without Frank Kaminsky. Wait, 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 wait. We had Derrick Rose last year, and we got swept by the Suns. Yeah, but I'm just talking about Chris Paul. He, they had Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. He was still bowling against us. You forgot what he did to us in the garden last year? I didn't forget. I'm just saying. Untucked his jersey like. I'm just saying. He, he we, also had, we also had Alfred Payton on him for half of the game. So let's not forget about that. Let's not forget about that also. Not saying that Campbell Walker would do better than, you know, whatever. But whatever. Just saying. We could have used Derrick Rose Silly. in this game. We did not have him. Start of the game. Suns went off to a pretty quick lead. But the Knicks fought right back, and they fought back on the backs of Evan Fournier and Mitchell Robinson. Seemed to be the only starters to have it going early. 
Evan Fournier knocked down some shots, knocked down a couple of beautiful threes. Mitchell Robinson cleaved with the boards. It was getting putbacks. And all of a sudden, the Knicks were up 19 to 15 after Phoenix got off to that early lead. And I was like, oh, yes, Mitch was looking good. Thank you. Thank you. They're not going to, they're not going to let us down. And then Phoenix regained the control of the game on the back of Devin Booker. Knicks bench came in. Phoenix Suns bench came in. And that was, that was it. That was the game, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) The Phoenix took control of the game and never gave it up. That's one of those games where it's just like, you, you got to just understand the team is better. That's what that was. In every aspect. That, that's what that. And I, that's what well, we watched last night. Well, let me. There is a world where the Knicks can play with the Phoenix Suns. There's multiple problems that the Knicks are having right now that if they can fix those problems, a lot of the stuff that we saw last night, we, we won't see. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to win, but it, it, it. Like Mitchell Robinson, he had a good start, and then he disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Evan Fournier had a good start. He disappeared off the face of the earth. Jules never yeah. played well. Kemba didn't. Nope. Were like, RJ, like, these are guys that you're supposed to be relying on to play at least. There's a, there's a base level that they're not even hitting. That's a problem in general. Well, that's credit to the Suns' defense, though. It's not like... Fournier hit them threes in the first quarter and then got the same exact looks throughout the rest of the game and was not hitting it. They was adjusting to what was going on in the game and we weren't. Right, but if they adjust to Evan, you want them to adjust to Evan Fournier so that the other guys, now they get their shots. Evan Fournier is not supposed to be our first, second, or third option. He's supposed to be our fourth option. So if they have to adjust adjust to Evan Fournier, that means that those first three options should be getting easier looks. And that's the problem with this Knicks team is that they don't have, they haven't figured out, okay, they focusing on him. All right, cool. That means this guy can get his shot or, and this is especially a problem with Julius. Julius is very score first. It, it seems like he's more score, score first this season than he was last year. Cause it seems like he's taking the, he's holding on to the ball almost to the very last second and he's seeing somebody open and he's passing it as opposed to knowing somebody's open. And, you know, only certain, certain forwards in this league are that good. Like LeBron, like are that good that they know that a guy is going to be open, but we need Julius to be that guy. If he's going to hold on to the ball like that, he needs to be the guy to know, all right, if if I'm going to do this and if they, if I get the double team, I know this guy is going to be open and I'm going to pass it to him. That comes with, that comes with reps, though. Like, LeBron's yeah, been yeah, but that good to be doing that for a long time, and he's absolutely. had many times to get LeBron's it wrong. LeBron's been doing it his whole career. just started. LeBron's been doing it his whole career. Julius has not been doing it his whole career. So, yeah, absolutely right. Last, but, that's exactly, season, but, yeah. That, but that's exactly why I'm saying that he should not be the guy. All right, cool, you did it last year because we needed you to do it. And you were hitting shots at an incredible clip. We got additional shooters now. You don't have you, and we got you a playmaker now. You don't have to do it all the time. You, it shouldn't be you all the time. And this Knicks team needs to figure out how to get the best out of Julius Randle while also letting Kemba be Kemba in the same game. We're missing out on a lot of easy baskets. A lot of times you see in shooters open. And they get missed because the guy who's running the offense is Julius Randle. And Kemba, or, or you see Mitchell Robinson on a point guard waving his hands in the paint, begging for the ball. And not getting and it. And they overhead looking over at the top of the key trying to look for a three-pointer. It's, it's so, it's, and it's not even just, it's not even just Mitch though. Like, I'm trying to remember if it, that was this game against the Suns, but there was this, there was this game, they got the rebound or they got the turnover. R.J. Barrett is sprinting up the court for the fast break, and they miss him. Now, R.J. Mm-hmm. eventually gets the ball, and he gets the score, but the fact that it takes... Julius is the person who had the ball in this possession, and the fact that it takes him so long to be like, 
oh shit, he's 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 sprinting and he he might get hit the advantage and he's very good on the fast break. But by the time I realize and register this, I can't pass him the ball no more. That's an issue, right? Despite all that though, Phoenix did play very well defensively and they shot the hell out of the ball. They played with surgical precision on both ends of the court. Everything yep. they did had a purpose, yep. and it was it was impressive to watch. I ain't going to lie. Absolutely. Devin Booker dropped 32, did it efficiently. He had, like, 29 points in, like, 27 minutes. He finished with 32 and 35 or something like that, but it, it was an efficient night. He went 14 for 27, 4 for 9 from 3. Like, you, that's efficiency, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Paul scored. I was surprised every time he missed. Yeah. Chris Paul scored 14 points, had 10 assists, double-double. Both him and, and Devin Booker broke down the Knicks until this wasn't a game anymore. Kemba Walker was the only Nick who played well in both halves, had 17 points on 5 of 11 shooting, and shot 3 for 6 from 3. We need Kemba Walker to shoot and play this well. And we need Julius to shoot and play the way that he has been. But we need to do it where they both play well and they're not bogging down the offense. That's yeah. what this Kemba does needs. it in spurts. Also, it's yeah. like it, whenever he's going, it's like you know oh, it's not going to last. Gone. We got to feed him. Well, it's not that it's not that it's not that it's not going to last. It's more so of he doesn't always feel it like this. So let's prioritize him right now. And Julius Randle seems to be on some eye. Right, yeah, he he got it. I'm gonna just take a few plays off right. instead of trying to be aggressive with him. Exactly, and, and so that they both go on at the same time. And, and it's obviously. That's part of the figuring each other out situation, but I'm just wondering what they're doing in practice or what they're are, like, are they talking to each other? Like, what is it that they are need to do to figure this out? Because like I've said in a previous podcast, their game should go together. Like you, Julius, you've catch and shot threes before. You have guys now to where you should be able to maximize your offense with the catch and shoot three. Or you should be able to get the ball on the wing and drop to the basket with these guys. And for some reason, they're not maximizing that potential with this roster. And it's confusing to me. Manuel, they are getting better, though, they each are. game. They are. They are. So I'm hoping that, because I do notice stuff like whenever Mitch is like waving his hands for the ball, he has a point guard on him and he has a better opportunity to score than anybody else in that present moment. I see like in games down the line, or the very next game, they will start to focus to feed Fitch down and feed Mitch down in the post when he has a, a clear look, or feed Obi in transition when they've been missing him. So they do talk about these things and they do address these things that they miss in the previous games, and they do make it a a point to to fix those in games to come. So I'm just hoping that as we keep continue to go down this season, I might have been bailing out Mitch too. Like, I, I gave him my out either last part or the podcast before, but I've started seeing some things where Mitch, it might be because he's tired, but he's missing a lot of stuff, both on offense and on defense. And it's not stuff that we saw last year. Like, even when Mitch didn't have a good game, the effort was always there, and he was always in the right spots. And this season, it, see, it does seem that he has taken a step back in the offense not because they're missing him, but also because he's not screening when he's supposed to. He's not moving around the way he's supposed to. And I'm not sure what, I, I, most of that I think is because of his lack of energy. Extra weight. It's extra weight, but also because he's been away from the game. And it doesn't seem like he's been studying too much while he's been out. So I may have given Mitch a little bit too much slack. Mitch needs to get back to being the guy that we know that he can be. Finishing off with this game, Obi Toppin really struggled, couldn't contribute the way that he normally has. Still got 13 minutes in this game, which is really interesting to me because outside of the Lakers game, when he's played like 25 minutes or however many minutes he played in the Lakers, when there was no Mitch, he played 13 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And now Mitch is back and he's, he's still getting 13 minutes, even when he's playing poorly, which you know, that's the same thing from last season. His his minutes never really changed last season, but he's had so many good games this year that when you have the opportunity to give him more minutes, you should be. And I'm 
very confused as to why that, why that doesn't happen. Final thoughts in this game. We realized that the Knicks are not a championship contender, but we knew that already. I also struggled to stay awake watching this game because it was over in like the beginning of the, the second quarter. quarter. Yeah, yeah, third quarter it was definitely over, but second quarter it was like, yeah. I hope that the Knicks can bring this back, but I am starting to get drowsy. And then the third quarter happened and I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know where this is going. And yeah, once Kevin Knox came into the game, I'm like, okay, this is my time. This is where I want to see the world. young guys get in some burn. Hopefully uh, we can find some some type of spark because I do not want to see another minute of this regular rotation. Yeah, we got to see the rookies. We got to see we got to see them all. We, and Kevin Knox. We got to see them all <laughs> at the end of this game. Uh, yeah. Quentin Grimes, actually, we got we've been seeing Quentin Grimes. We haven't talked about it, but Quentin Grimes has gotten some playing time with Derrick Rose being out both in this game against the Lakers. He played 17 minutes against the Phoenix Suns, but he only made one out of his six shots. Deuce McBride got some burn, scored his mm-hmm. first career points on a steal and fast break layup. Finally. That shit was, he he been chasing that first bucket for a while. Every game he came into, he was trying to get it. He couldn't. I was feeling bad for him. Like, mm-hmm. dang. So he finally got it off of, off of what? Off a of steal. Clutch defense yep. on Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Transition bucket on Devin Booker. Yep, it, it was that's deuce for you, right it, there. It, it was good. It was a good. It was a good play. I would like to see more of it. He still shot poorly outside of that, though. He that was his only make out of. I think he had five shot shot attempts. Jericho Sims went out there, really didn't make too much of an impact on the game. Uh, well, for, he was only out there for a few minutes. Yeah, Deuce did light up the G League though. Let's not forget that it, Deuce yeah. went to the G League for a game. Yeah, had a nice little momentum game to. Right before he came Filled here. up the stat line in that game. Filled yes, it up. sir. And so, on the fact that tonight's game against the Hawks, we don't have We don't have D-Rose. And we don't have We Kemba. don't have Kemba. We so, might see some deuce minutes. We're going to talk about that later, though. Yes, yeah. So how do you feel about this this week, though, French? Like, what? you feel like you learned anything new? You got, you feeling up? You feeling down? How you feeling? I'm... I'm seeing improvement. It's not like every single game is the same outcome. You know exactly what to expect. It's an unpredictable situation because you don't know how the team is going to look, but you you are seeing steady improvements in areas that we were weak in before. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes me encouraged because that's what leads to winning. The attention to detail. That's how you become a a team like the Phoenix Suns because... You're focusing on all the details. You're focusing on where you're wrong, where you're where you're strong at, where you're weak at, and how to become strong in your weak areas. And that's why I love Tibbs being the coach because he's a maniac like that. He's the one that's in the hours as much as any other player, even more so just reviewing film and how to how to win games. So we're in a little tough stretch right now, but I'm confident that it won't last much longer. I agree with you, but even in this Phoenix Suns game, I've been, the Knicks had like a 24 second shot clock violation and I'm like, why does it always feel like this team just struggles to execute plays efficiently on a consistent basis? Like, I feel like we've seen way, way more than a normal amount of shot clock violations so far this season. Like either shot clock violations or getting all the way down to 22, like, like 22 seconds, 23 seconds, like buzzer beaters, like against teams that really are not that good defensively. Sometimes we do this, but the Suns is different. The Suns, the are Suns diff- was in the finals. The, the Suns year. are different, but it just kind of the fact that it happens so frequently on a team that, you know, has Tom Thibodeau as a coach who seems to be focusing more on offense, I just feel like the Knicks shouldn't struggle with shot clock violations, with the turnovers, stepping out of bounds, the silly stuff that the Knicks have been doing this year. It just seems like there's something up, and I'm not sure. I can't quite put my finger on it. Something else I noticed 
particularly against the Houston Rockets. Might have also seen it against the Chicago Bulls. But I definitely noticed it before those two games as well. There's a lot of times where Julius Randle gets the ball on the post and he'll have the mismatch and he will not exploit it. He hasn't been successful at it all season when he did exploit it. But when you... Lonzo Ball was on him a bunch of times in Chicago. Oh, no, no, no. I'm was... not even talking about, like, Lonzo Ball. Like, uh, even against the Cavs. Against the Cavs, a couple of times, he was... He had... He had... Who do you have switched out onto him? I think he had Sexton switched out onto him one time. I think he had... Rubio switched out onto him one time. And he could have... Po like, these are guys that are just so much smaller than him that he could just post up and he could... He could turn around, do a jump shot. He could get to the basket, and he just passed the ball out. See, he at least with doubled a lot too, but he wasn't doubled. That's the thing. Like he didn't even wait for the double. He saw the mismatch and passed the ball out. And I think starting in the Bulls game, I think he did start to actually exploit it. It's just something that I noticed, even specifically against the Houston Rockets. He had Suggs on him. Was in Suggs Green. He had, he had him on him and he passed the ball out. And I was like, why do you never take advantage of the smaller defender or at least draw in the double team so that your teammates can get a better shot? And he, I haven't seen it in the last few games, but it's something I'm going to keep an eye on. I think it's because he's been, he's been bringing the ball up and he's been running the offense that it hasn't... It, they had, the Knicks have not manipulated the defense in that kind of way. I want to see him drive. I, that's where I want to see. I'm tired of seeing Julius Randle settle for jump shots all game. Well, that's part, that's part of why I noticed it as well, because I was tired of him shooting jump shots as well, and it seemed like the Knicks would have a favorable switch and they would not score because they, the Knicks settled for a jump shot because Julius passed out of the mismatch and didn't even wait for the double team so that, okay, the guy who's taking the shot is open. That's poor offense right there. When you have the mismatch and you don't exploit it to the best, to not even the second best option, you just pass the ball out and it's like, okay, now you have the perimeter shooter with two seconds left on the clock going up against a longer defender. It's something, for, it's something that I think we need to watch unless we keep seeing Julius bring the ball up. Then we're not really going to see it that much, which means that, yeah, we should be seeing him drive. And if he's not driving and he's just settling for pull-ups, then I don't know. Last thing, RJ's starting to scare me. I'm not worried about him long-term, but Jesus Christ, is that man having a bad stretch right now? I don't think it's a bad stretch on as offense. much as, well, yeah, on offense, but every other aspect on defense, he's still been strong. It, he's still that been trying even, to move the ball. That hasn't even been all season though, because he did have a bad stretch defensively too. When this, when this poor stretch on offense started, he was bad on defense too. Yeah, but that's over with. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. He's, he's back to form on defense, even though guys are still, say, hitting some tough shots over him. He's still playing some really good defense, and that's where it starts with for him. I feel like he's going to get his groove. He's still been making a few threes. It's not like he's having that stretch he had la at the beginning of last season where he, he was going, like, 0 for 14 from three over several games. He's still hitting some big shots. He's still scoring in the mid-range. He's still able to finish, but... He's just not doing it as consistent. He's going to find that rhythm again. It's just going to take some time. He scored 10 points against Phoenix. Three for 10 overall, one for three from three. Against the Lakers, he had a good game. But he only scored 12 points. He scored nine against Chicago. Scored 11 in the, against Houston. He had a good game against Orlando, kind of. But he went 0 for 7 in that game. He went 1 for 5 from 3 against Houston. He went 0 for 2 against Chicago from 3. I'm, I, think it's, I think it's fair for me to be worried about him on offense. I, I hear what you're saying about the defense, but remember that he had a 
he had a stretch where he was, what, four or five game stretch where he was scoring over 20 points. And that is mm-hmm. what we were, that was the leap that we were hoping that RJ would take this season. And he has regressed to worse than he has played. He's played worse. He's playing worse than he did on offense than he did last year at this point. And we need him to at least play the way that he did last year for us. I think that he's capable of doing more. I think he's capable of averaging 20 points per game with some of the improvements to his game that he's made, but he's just not doing the right thing right now. And that's what's scaring me. He's getting, I don't know if it's because he has to play hard on defense. I don't know what it is, but he's playing not to his capability in my opinion. So, yeah. All right, French, let's get into the recap of our predictions from last week. Last week, the predictions was that when the Knicks faced off against Houston, I said that they would win by 15 at least, and you said the Knicks would win by at least two. And the Knicks beat the Houston Rockets 106-99, to which was a seven-point seven lead. So I, I think I will take that spread because they did not get to 15. I won that one. Knicks at the Bulls. I said the Bulls win by five plus. French, you said the Knicks will win by five plus. And go ahead. The Bulls won. Okay, very good. So let's see. Wow, how I ended up reading all these. Knicks versus Lakers. <laughs> Knicks versus Lakers on TNT. French predicted the Knicks win Knicks by 10. By 10 plus. I said the you Knicks said would win Knicks by, by three. three. At least. At least. The Knicks did not win by 10. The Knicks won. The Knicks lost. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong game. The Knicks won no, by the six Knicks points. Won by six. So, once again, I take the spread. And what happened next, French? Facing off against the Phoenix Suns. You said the Suns went by at least 15. I said the Suns will win by at least 10. And they smacked us by like 20. Smacked us. And I take the spread again, which means that I won pretty much every single game in predictions. Tonight, around the times. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take a bow. I'll take my bow. Tonight, around the time that this podcast will be released, the Knicks play the Atlanta Hawks, who have started to figure it out. Hawks have leapfrogged the Knicks in the standings. They are now 11-9 with the 7th seed. The Knicks are currently the 8th seed, 10-9. This is the Knicks' 20th game, which means that we are at about the quarter point of the season. French, who you got in this game? Who did you say last week you said? I got... I said the Knicks by one. Yep. You said the Knicks by 10. Yep. So we'll see what happens by the time this game comes out. And now on to the upcoming games for this week. The Knicks are going to be playing at home, away from home in Brooklyn to face the New Jersey Nets. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets. And I got the Knicks by at least five. Really? Yeah. What about you? Well, I'm worried. I'm concerned. The Brooklyn Nets are the number one seed in the East. At least the last time I looked, they were. And the Knicks don't, haven't figured it out yet. So I do have Brooklyn beating us. I do think it'll be a close game, though. I got the Nets by two plus. Eh, we'll say the Nets, the Nets will not win by more than 10 points. So 10 or less. All right. So after that, the Knicks will, <laughs> the Knicks will be at the polls again for our third meeting of the season. I got to say the Knicks are going to win this one. They've just lost to them. They probably are going to lose to the Nets. The Knicks have to come out strong. They got to get a win back. I will say Knicks by four or more. Oh, not feeling confident, huh? It's in Chicago. 
<laughs> Next game, Knicks facing off against the Denver Nuggets on TNT. I say it's tough because Jokic is out right now, but he's probably going to be back. By that game, yeah, probably. I say Nuggets by 10. 10? Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. the Knicks are going to win this game. Why? Because I will be at this game <laughs> rooting for our New York Knicks, and I will give them all the, all the luck that they need. The Knicks are going to win Who you going with? by five or more. Who are you going with? I don't know yet. Why you want to go? <laughs> not not not, not, not to against see him, him lose by not 10. to see him get smacked by ten. <laughs> then don't worry, I they're gonna win. Uh, I don't know what I'm going with yet, but I'm going with somebody. And yeah, I think that's all we got. Uh, I don't think there's any. We got to get ready for this for this Hawks game. Hopefully, the Knicks win. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, French, you got anything you want to plug? I just don't want to lose tonight. That's all. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm I, nervous, but confident at the same time. Okay. So I think I think we'll figure it out. We just came up with an embarrassing loss. Uh, young guys are going to play more, so defense is probably going to be emphasized. If quickly starts tonight, he's going to be guarding Trey Young. I like that matchup. And uh, I like I like that matchup. Mitch is we gonna might be see some Deuce. We might see Deuce play tonight, mm -hmm. and he'll be facing off against the the point guard off the bench. He's gonna give him hell. Mm -hmm. So I like I like I like how that sounds. I, if I see Grimes tonight, I would be happy. So yeah, tonight's gonna I mean, be. I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Tonight's gonna be important because it's gonna be a proof of concept for multiple things. Proof of concept that if you have 48 minutes of good point guard play and 48 minutes of center play on that Knicks team in the playoffs that the Knicks will do better, a much better job against the Atlanta Hawks. You would hope that we will see that tonight because between Evan Fournier replacing Reggie Bullock, Kemba, well, Kemba Walker's not playing tonight, but Emmanuel quickly replacing Alfred Payton yeah, we don't have Derrick Rose, but you know that that was really the killer for us when Trey Young was out there and Clint Capella also. I, before I forget that part, Clint Capella being the lob threat that he was. Now we have Mitch Robinson, who is bigger and can still get, still is a lob threat and still can disrupt those passes to Clint Capella. That's what I I really want to see that we have to Mitch and Clint match up right and. Mitch still doesn't look right, so maybe maybe that doesn't, you know, he prove was, anything. He was there for that for that throw in the playoffs. He he saw all that shit. Yeah. He was he was wishing he was out there. So now, I hope he's motivated for this game yeah, tonight. I hope, that's what I, really I hope. Want to see. I hope Mitch is looking at this game as a as a chance to really show out. So that that tonight's going to be very interesting to watch, and I'll I'll be paying attention to those aspects of the game and paying attention to what Julius and RJ do because that. That series was as much an indictment on them as those other things yeah. as well. Yeah, um, changed the whole league's perception of them. Outside of as that, players. Outside of that, I'm gonna be looking forward to watching some of the new Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. So anyway, all right. I did finish just watching the BMF series, but I gotta watch that before we get to yeah. You gotta watch it. It's fire. Before we get too far off track, one last thing I wanted to say about tonight is Trey Young can't hide on anyone no. tonight. No, he can't. If I see him hiding and we don't exploit that matchup, I'm changing my entire perspective of this season right here. Oh, okay. Very good. I, yeah. I, I'm not changing anything because I, I still feel like I need to give it until All-Star Weekend. But... I don't want to see Trey Young hiding on anybody because there should be nobody that he can hide on. Just like you nobody. just said. Everybody nobody. can shoot. Everybody can dribble. 
everybody can pass except for Mitch. And then they're not putting Trey Young on Mitch because that's still exploitable because yeah. of what, yep. yeah. So Dunk it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm excited to watch it. And I think that's all she wrote. French, if you got nothing else you want to say. Nah, I'm ready to go and get some more of that Thanksgiving leftovers. Copy that. Same here. Once again, we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for listening. We love y'all. Love y'all. And thank you for listening to The Knicks Take Podcast. 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 Peace. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.